Hello, I'm Danny Flores. Hello, my name is Ivan, and this is Coffee Talk. Hello, and welcome to the official podcast of Berkeley College of Music's Guitar Department. In today's episode, we are joined by two professors from the Berkeley Valencia campus. Daniel Flores is an associate professor at Berkeley Valencia, a multifaceted and innovative guitarist and composer whose career covers virtually every aspect of music performing, composing, and arranging, from the most contemporary jazz up to the symphonic composition. Ivan Sobrian is a guitarist, composer, arranger, and pedagogy from Valencia, Spain. For the decade of experience, he imparts knowledge as an instructor at international seminars, leaving a lasting impact on aspiring musicians. A reference in both jazz and education, Yvonne brings a wealth of experience and passion to all facets of the music scene. Hi, everyone. I'm Kim Perlack, <laughs> chair of the guitar department at Berkeley College of Music, and welcome to another Coffee Talk. As usual, we're joined by our assistant chair, Cheryl Bailey. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, everybody. Happy coffee time. Happy talk, coffee time. I'm talking, talk, all that. <laughs> I've had a little bit too much. That's okay. That's okay. Um, and Ben Cody is here, our senior coordinator. Hey, Ben. Hello. How are you? And today we have two special guests. We have our Valencia guitar faculty. We have Danny and Yvonne with us. Hey, you guys. Hey, hello. <laughs> it's great to have you. Thank you for being with us. Um, one of the most wonderful things about Berkeley is that our students can study abroad in Spain with our colleagues there. And so we're here to hang out and learn more about them and also about what students can expect when they go over to Valencia. And this is really perfect timing because we had three students come in and say, I'm going to Valencia. We're like, this is perfect. We're going to be, um, we're going to be interviewing your teachers uh, for the program. So thank you both for being here. This is perfect. Um, yeah, thank, thank, you. Pleasure. thank you so much. A pleasure. Yeah. Um, Thanks for inviting us. Of course, of course. This is so great. Um, so, okay. So, Danny, the first question goes to you, and then the same question to Bon. So, we we need to know about your coffee habits. That's what everyone. The first thing, given that it's coffee talk, um, Danny, do you drink coffee? I do. I do. I used to drink more coffee than uh, I I do now, but I still have my uh, morning coffee. Because, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I have a, a, I have a, a, a tune that is called, is, is called uh, morning, morning Coffee First Reflections. So, you know, yes, <laughs> morning coffee inspires me to write music, which is cool. Yeah, but I used, to, I used to drink more coffee before. Now I'm kind of maybe a couple of Spanish coffee, which is not the American coffee, by the way. American coffee is very light. You know, we, we, uh, when we talk about coffee, we mean espresso or double espresso, you know, that type of coffee. European coffee, I would say. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, the next time you come here, one of our great innovations in the coffee bar in the guitar office in Boston is that the students, our student workers make a pot of coffee. And it, oh. I, as a as a Spaniard, I think you would appreciate it because it's uh, most of our um, our Latin American and Spanish students make the coffee and it stains the the counter. It's that strong. And so it really is kind of the rocket fuel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so we're really changing American coffee mm -hmm. here. You know, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Also, we want to hear that tune sometimes. I want to hear absolutely. The tune. It, it, yeah. will, it will be in, in my next album. Yes, morning coffee, fresh reflections. <laughs> Good. <Yeah. laughs> I love it. Okay, what about you, Ivan? What do you think? Mm, I love. Uh, I love coffee. Uh, my favorite coffee is espresso. Double espresso, obviously. Yeah, strong flavor, no sugar, no milk, um, like a bomb. <laughs> and uh, I think that I drink like four or five per day. I drink a lot. I, I'm trying to <laughs> drink a little bit less, but as, as Dennis said, sometimes even the music sounds better with coffee. <laughs> yes. It's a, a <laughs> funny way of being optimistic. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> your coffee, you begin to write music uh, or practice a little bit, doing a little bit of technique or whatever. And uh, all feels better with a little bit of caffeine, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, it's funny because we, we really asked this question just to kind of break the ice and because it's the name of the show. But then as you start to get into people's personalities and their approach to music, you see that, you know, the way you do everything is kind of has a little similarity. And knowing what we know about the two of you and your and the, the way that you're you have like this multi-stylistic approach to guitar, but you also make everything really special. Right. Um, and you're trying to help students do that because uh, often people are coming to you um, from Boston and they're coming for a semester abroad or they're coming as their introduction to Berkeley for first year abroad, or they're coming for the master's degree. And so you're really taking like, okay, like here's a part of your experience and what can we do to make it really speak and really help you hone your musicianship even though you may be here in spain with us for a short time and um one thing i wanted to ask you um just as a segue into your own musicianship is what is your philosophy maybe a bond you could start with this one when you're working with students who are coming um you're a multi-stylistic player and students uh, of all different styles are coming to you. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think is like unique and specific about what you're able to give them in the environment of, of being in Valencia? And, and how do you take um, kind of your own perspectives and help them find their own voice or help them hone what they're doing um, in their mm -hmm. own way? It's a great question. Um, I love to think about the music as a, universal thing i don't like so much the tags it's like i like rock playing or blues playing or jazz playing or classical playing for me music is you know music is music so since i was a kid i, I love to listen you know everything everything i enjoy so much playing so different styles and i try to learn from everything so the first lesson the first day for me, it's like an adventure because, yeah, every student is completely different. Uh, some students love to play like electric, others love to play acoustic, even uh, flamenco, for instance. Uh, some of them want to, to learn a little bit of flamenco uh, or jazz playing, more improvisational skills. So I enjoy so much uh, this situation because I'm completely I'm stimulated and talking about so different styles and work with different repertoire and uh, I love to 
fit the lessons. Obviously, we need to talk about the technique, and you know, the, the, the technique is the same for every student. You know, the scales, the chords, you know, modes. But I love to customize the lesson for for every student. I enjoy a lot the lessons, and I think that is more special for special for for the for the students. I try to do my best. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, and so, Danny, the other amazing part of your work there is that you're also teaching core subjects like music theory. And so, yes. <laughs> how are you helping students connect their musicianship and and what they feel like they fall stylistically with the importance of making that connection to uh, how music is structured and and perhaps like how the fretboard is structured. Yes, I think this is the, the, the key thing of, of every single student because uh, some of them come with a pretty cool background of guitar playing, but they don't know anything about music. So I try to really establish that first connection. So they are at Berkeley. So this is Berkeley. This is a music school. We need to learn how to apply what we have in here, you know, to a paper and vice versa. So that's, that's for me. Well, before I continue what, what Ivan said, he's so right, you know, the first day is like an adventure and I totally agree with that. So when, when, when they come, uh, they are very anxious. They, they, you know, they want to like, like rock and they want to play everything. And, and sometimes we need to calm them down and say, okay, we need to go through the, we, we need to take this path through music. So we need to learn scales and chords. So I think that my challenge usually is to show them the whole and beautiful and fantastic universe that is waiting for them, you know. So being being a, a guitar player and also being a musician, which is the overall thing. So sometimes we talk about you know being guitar, being a guitar player, a guitarist, but there's also so many, you know, so many, uh, so many things to talk about, you know, in relationship to that. So I think that's that's important, and and usually they know more than they think they do. But it's uh, it's in a way we have to just guide them. We just we just helping them to find their own path. I think that's important, and that's from the very single moment that they just get into the room that uh, we have to show them this path. That's what I try to do. Yeah, I think this is how we're so aligned because people always ask us like, well, in Boston, you have so many different stylistic avenues mm. and then we have the Valencia campus and then there's also now programs in different parts of the world and different parts of the country. And mm -hmm. I think like in the guitar department, we've really made this move to say like, we really honor what we call the proficiency materials, which many of you who are listening who are not Berkeley students, you can see that in our book that we have Berkeley Guitar Theory. And so we have this similar vocabulary. So then students can go and master the styles that they want, but we all have the same vocabulary that we have in common. Then you can kind of go to a lot of different influences. And what I think is really interesting about what the two of you do is it's not just that, you know, you have the common vocabulary and you're helping them in different styles. You're really helping a lot of our students for the first time in a different country or a different part of the world, because there are people from Europe and from the Middle East and from different parts of the world that start in 
Spain that may be familiar with being in Europe. Uh, but there are a lot of Americans who have never traveled internationally. And so um, I want to start with a short little story and then ask you your perspective on um, on kind of welcoming people to another culture and helping them find uh, their route there. And then um, and what opportunities you see um, And my little story is that I, uh, I have this beautiful flamenco guitar that I bought in New York City when I was 15, my first ever really nice guitar, first time ever to New York. And um, it was made it, in Granada on a label. And I had learned about the maker. And I, when I knew I was going to Spain, there was a Granada trip at the time um, when I was coming to visit you guys. And, and um, I said, Oh, like, I'm going to try to find this person. And um, the, the student affairs folks were like, Oh yeah, we're going to walk right past that shop when we come out of the Alhambra we're going to come right by and then so I looked for the address and then they said I knew a little bit of Spanish so they're like you're on your own you're going to figure it out so that was my first experience like being in Spain and, and like having to use the Spanish that you know it's like okay is it really going to work in reality you know and the door was closed when I went there but the next place was open and it turned out the next guy was um, Antonio Arisa, who had made my guitar, it was his best friend, Manuel, mm -hmm. who everybody calls El Doctor. He wears a lab coat and he's like the repair person, right? And um, he repaired Paco de Lucia's guitars and he had, and he, he said, like, we were able to speak to one another and he said, wait a minute, I have an American friend, I'm going to call him on the phone. And he came over and that guy and I had the same <laughs> teacher when we were growing up and like, and then before you know it, he had called all the flamencos to come and we got all the students to come and we had like a big party, like playing the guitars. And it was this wonderful thing for him because it was someone who knew his best friends through the guitar. And it was just this wonderful experience. Um, but also really great for me because my new friends from the Valencia campus, they, they kind of made sure I had just enough tools to have a new experience. And I know that's what you all are trying to do for the students who come to you. And so I guess um, one of the questions I have, I think when people are apprehensive of going to a new country is like, what do you see, Yvonne, as like, what are some of the things that are so special to this experience going to Europe and going to Spain as a guitarist that, hmm. that really are unique to the experience of going to where you are that you wouldn't get in Boston? Um, first, obviously, travel is always fantastic for everyone. And even if you are not a musician, you know, being in contact with different cultures is always a, a, a beautiful experience. You learn a lot. And uh, I think that, yeah, in Spain, obviously the, the guitar is like the it's like the, this you know it's like a, a, our flag is sort of in you know is the, the the spanish guitar is the i think that one of the most important instruments so uh it's so easy to listen a lot of guitar players here <laughs> so yeah. um and also the 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 community of musicians of here of valencia is really really big i mean the city is not too big with, you can find a lot of places with uh, different kind of, you know, concerts, uh, big concerts like clubs, um, jam sessions of a lot of different styles. For instance, we have jam sessions for 
for classical music even and also for flamenco music not, not only jazz music rock music blues music so and, and also we can walk a lot uh, valencia is, to, is so easy to travel so so you can only pick your guitar and walk a little bit and go to you know thursday night you go to the place and and you find a lot of interesting musicians that want to enjoy your music and want to listen beautiful compositions so it's a it's, a, it's always a, a beautiful experience and also traveling in in spain is it's easy it's easy because you know the cities are you know cities like barcelona or madrid or even you know if, if you want to go to the south uh sevilla or you, know, you have a lot of beautiful beautiful places with a lot of musicians and different styles different traditions so only by one hour or two hour travel something like this so is a uh, also you know we have an amazing weather. Uh, what can I say? I love Valencia. This is my city. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love this. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think that this is very stimulating for for all of the all of the students. They, I think that they tell they tell me that they love Valencia and they they love the community. So they have a lot of opportunities to meet. Uh, different you know the different musicians different people and you know and and learn from that amazing experience mm. also so, also danny and then you have the all of the open mics right danny yes uh, you know uh, berkeley organized uh, different jam sessions and concerts danny can tell you more about this i'm sure yeah tell Why us about tell us about that I I, um, I usually coordinate an open mic and a jam session uh, that happens every month. So usually we have three during the semester where people just play and sing, you know, and it's, it's been a, uh, this is the second, uh, the second semester that we do that. And it's been a fantastic experience and especially with the guitar players. I they love are amazing. I I look the pictures and you know it looks like a good party. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Because you, yeah. I think, I think you know, Valencia is a very small campus, so mm -hmm. uh, and and people want to play. People mm -hmm. really want to play, and we have to give these opportunities to them. Not only not only outside the school because you know it's exactly. plenty outside, but also at you know. On campus. On campus. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I always um, remember when I was at Berkeley, Boston, you know, in the cafeteria while we were having, you know, dinner where, where people were just playing, you know, the students were playing. And I, that's my, my dream here, you know, to have these special moments where maybe it's, you know, somebody just playing guitar or somebody just singing or maybe two or maybe a trio. Uh, so... This will happen because we we're under that uh, expansion, and uh, as soon as we have the where, where the building is completed, you know, uh, we may have that place where people can play. So, because uh, that's what they're here for, you know, and and we we try to give them opportunities to play. I love it. Uh, so, Danny, I want to follow up by asking you: You came here to Boston. Yes. And one of the um, the things that people say a lot or they ask a lot are like, what are the different opportunities in professional music in the working world that are that happen in Europe that maybe are different that 
than the opportunities here in the United States. And I know that you would be great to speak to that having been here and spent some time um, in, in Berkeley, Boston. So what are the things that you're seeing that you've taken advantage of in your career that you see um, are, are career paths for people who are in Europe? Yeah, I think it's, uh, first of all, let me talk about where I'm going to be. I'm going to be brief, but uh, uh, for me, uh, attending Berkeley, Boston was a dream come true. You know, I, I, I was a, a conservatory student uh, at that time and uh, it wasn't it wasn't my thing at all. So I had the chance I discovered Berkeley by chance and I had the chance to to attend Berkeley. And, and that was uh, my thing. So uh, it opened my mind. It opened my perspectives in so many ways and it really changed my life. So. It is true that uh, USA is so different in comparison to, to Europe. So, for example, uh, when I came back to, to, to Spain, uh, I realized that I'm talking about guitar players. I realized that nobody was able to read, for example. Yeah. You know, they could play, but, but reading was there was a lack of of reading you know so i was teaching in a, in a small in a small school and i and i started implementing the reading you know sight reading we have to say read improvisation we have to improvise so but regarding the the mm, professional opportunities here uh we we didn't have as many recording studios at that time but nowadays we have more studios for example people can record it's very hard to find a job as a recording musician recording session musician here being a guitar player than in the usa but it's becoming something you know relevant and again that takes me back to the reading to the improvisation you know these are tools that any guitar player should have regardless of their style you know, this is very important. And this is what Berkeley is giving also, you know, so I think it's, it's, it's really important. Then nowadays, again, you know, um, the production is also a very important part of, of a musician. So many musicians are more into producing stuff than into gigging or playing or recording, which is also fine. You know, we need producers too. So, but I don't, I don't know in comparison to, uh, to what I found here, uh, still USA is the big, the you know the big thing. Uh, but uh, in Europe, we're also having a lot of work opportunities. So that's the key thing to have a work opportunity, a job opportunity. That's the real world because people, when they are at school, they are fine, they are cool. But when they leave school, you mm -hmm. know, it's hard. I mean, even even in Boston, I remember I I, I was in love with Boston. Mm -hmm. Period. But when I when when I was done with Berkeley, I was like, "What am I going to do now? If I don't have a job here, how can I survive?" You know. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's almost like you were just having lunch with us out in the, <laughs> and, and you're not a time zone away. I mean, like both of you are so multifaceted, you're master teachers, you play different styles, you've produced, you write, um, 
And so um, I'm going to kick it to Yvonne and just like ask mm -hmm. you kind of a similar question, like with your personal experience, like what has it been like building your career and how do you see um, things moving forward, you know, for the students? Like, are there things that you feel like have really changed from mm -hmm. where you are in sitting in Europe? Um, are there things that have remained constant as Danny says, like there's fundamentals that he applied in a certain way and now there's the same fundamentals that are important, but maybe we're going to be putting them in a different avenue moving forward. What do you think? Mm -hmm. uh, Danny said something that, that I think that is key and super, super interesting uh, about the professional thing. Uh, time ago, when, when I was young, I, I began to work as a musician with 15, I mean professionally, you know, being paid, 15, something like this, even not legal, <laughs> because we're other times, you know. <laughs> so the, 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 the thing is that at that point, um, um, only knowing that, that I had to work and I had to play and with this responsibility, you know, was enough in order to sit down uh, Monday morning, 7 a.m. and begin to study. You know, um, these days, think things are uh, kind of different. The students are older and uh, they have a lot of information. They are better than us in a lot of, you know, if I remember my my younger Ivan, you know, now the, 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 with 16 years old, they know a lot about, you know, uh, technique and harmony and even the regime, you know, but they don't have this, um, you know, this this need of working so hard because just, uh, you know, next week they have to play a concert. So in Europe, as Dennis I, uh, said, we have a lot of opportunities because you can find a lot, you know, you, we, have, we have a lot of musicians here, but you, still you have a lot of things to do. Well, you know, we can, uh, we are growing as a, as a session musicians. We have more opportunities well, playing uh, as a session musician for, for different artists. Uh, you know, uh, or some, some styles like uh, the, the jazz community is growing every year. So here in Europe, you have a lot of opportunities to do gigs and to move your projects. So it's, a, it's very good in order to move yourself and to, to study a lot and put all of your energy on being your best you. <laughs> you know, sometimes we need this, this thing, that, you know, it's like, uh, I need to record an album. I need to, to play a gig uh, next week. I need to, to learn this new repertoire with this crazy saxophone player that plays amazing. And, you know, I need to <laughs> learn all of these lines. I worked so much on my side reading because I played with amazing players that, you know, with amazing side reading skills. So in the rehearsal was like, you know, uh, I, at the first moment, you know, you, you pick your, 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 your chart and the other players are just playing, you know, on the spot in a second. So all of these things lead to work so hard and do your, do your best thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, in Europe, I think that we are growing fast and we have a lot of different opportunities. Yeah. You know, I love what you just said. And um, 
I think this is a topic we've been so on. I'm watching Cheryl smile and Cheryl's got a lot of questions for you guys next. Mm -hmm. What you just both said is so important because I was thinking about my trajectory and I know about Cheryl and Ben. I was 14 when I played my first paid concert and um, had that same experience. Uh, And a lot of our faculty had that especially for this group of students coming through, not only couldn't they do that, but a lot of them couldn't study in person for a number of years in high school because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think we're, we're seeing all the same things where there's a lot of information seemingly at your fingertips that you could be familiar with, but that you're not really learning how to demonstrate under pressure in a musical way that's meaningful in a professional context um, that hasn't been part of your experience before you come to college in the way that it was for many generations. And so I'm wondering if, do you have a little 30 second tip, Danny and then Yvonne, of how do you work on like kind of developing that type of focus and work ethic? Is there a way you, you advise students to do it in a daily practice? How do you approach that, Danny? Wow, that's the big question. <laughs> yes, um, tell us the secret. <laughs> exactly. No. Okay, Danny well, Devon, give I, you the secret. I, it's, it's like it's like I think this is like finding your own sound. You know, I probably will die before I really discover my sound. <laughs> this is this is as a guitar player, this is the, the the eternal thing. Yeah, I think I think too. Uh, you know, I I always take a deep breath, and and I think that's important when we start doing anything. And and if we if we talk about playing guitar, like like many many students ask for the daily routine, and I say, find your own thing. You know, what I'm what I'm gonna tell you might be helpful or might not be helpful. You know, it's your own thing. So I think you know, it's like like I I, I use these these words because um, I, I I do meditation every day. So and that helps me but uh, you know i'm not going to talk about med- meditation with my students maybe they are not ready yet i don't know mm-hmm. but what i say is that you have to you have to really uh, fall in love with your, with your instrument you have to really you know uh, appreciate the gift that you have and then your perspective really changes completely because uh you know they are young and they are like oh you know, they want to do so many things but i think that 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 we might tip just just you know you, you you have to fall in love with your thing which is your instrument and and that changes everything I, I i'm going to tell a very short story when i was when i was a student at the conservatory uh, i used to uh, just wake up and practice and and the guitar was very cold every time every single morning so uh and i was like frustrated because you know the beginning was like Every, every every morning was frustrating. So a teacher of mine just told me, why don't you take, before just even leaving your bed, just grab your guitar, nylon guitar, classical guitar, and put it in, in the bed with you. <laughs> then you, yeah, this, this is true. And then your, your, your uh, temperature will be balanced with the guitar. And I did that. My mom was a bit scared by that time because that image, as you can imagine, but it worked. So every time I just started playing, it was like, yeah, you know, and this was true. So in a way, uh, this could be like, 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 a, you know, easy story, but a simple story, but it's, this is true. You know, this is your instrument. It becomes, it's part of you. 
you know, and, and I try to implement this with my students. I don't know if it works. <laughs> beautiful, Danny. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I mean, it's true ownership. And that's what you're talking about. When you're talking about doing your own thing, you're not talking about doing anything or whatever. Mm. You're saying, like, what is truly required to take responsibility and ownership for this art and this craft? Yes. And I think that's really true. Um, that's beautiful, Danny. Um, Yvonne, what do you say about this? How do you instill this mm -hmm. kind of work uh, ethic yeah. and deep connection? Yeah. First of all, I think that um, sometimes the, the students, I mean, every musician can be a little bit frustrated with being afraid of you know, the competition, of if you play good or better, or like, you know, if you compare yourself with the masters, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I love to say that I always try to be the best myself. So if I'm, if I play like myself, nobody can play like me. Mm -hmm. And I, I won. That's it. It's the end. You know, it's like it's, it's my artistical approach, and it's beautiful because if you uh, try to play and you, and you try to enjoy the music from that point of view, uh, you can enjoy a lot more the playing of the others. So you can work. You know, you can uh, communicate yourself uh, uh, so much better and listen better and be relaxed, which is, I think that is so important. And the second thing is, and, and if some student of my students listen to this, I think that will laugh because I say this every week, I think. <laughs> uh, for me, music is all about two things, uh, sound and rhythm because are the only two things that my grandmother enjoys. You know, the audience only understands about, understand about uh, your sound, your articulation, your, you know, your dynamics, your expression, your sound, and the time field, the time field, because every person can, can feel if you're playing, if you're pushing your tempo, or you're playing laid back, or, you know, your personal approach to the rhythm and the, Obviously, if, if, if you do well, so sometimes only practicing, thinking about two, that two perspectives is better in order to don't feel overwhelmed about all of the <laughs> modes of every, you know, <laughs> more the scale for percodes, upper structures, you know, coltrane changes, uh, you know, um, the backdoor progressions, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's stop. <laughs> I, I only want to, to make music. Uh, I want to play beautiful. I want to enjoy it. I want to be myself. And I hope for the best. Amen. Yeah. So Cheryl, uh, what's on your mind there? Take it over. Well, there were so many things, but that la our last little segment of that conversation reminds me of a conversation that I had with a drummer in my band who's also a really well-known Berkeley professor and international drummer Ian Froman, and we were just talking about, um, you know, being, the life of mu being a musician. And he said, there's probably, there are only two things that he does more than drumming. And I would say this too, you know, in terms of not just actually physically playing, but I think he meant actually physically playing, but also where your imagination and your intellect is caught up in um, thinking about or dreaming about playing. But he said, you know, I, I, he actually said, I drum more than I eat. 
right in a day <laughs> the essential things right you need you need to eat and you need to breathe and he said mm-hmm. i do the i drum more than i do uh, besides breathing breathing is number one i'm doing that all day but underneath that is drumming or you know because i'm going to do that more than i eat which is essential and even walking or movement um i have to walk everywhere but i'm still probably drumming more then, and I and I said, yeah, that's really the life of a musician is you're engaged in that either the physicality of it or your imagination with it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but also, you know, what you both of what you're saying is uh, you have to love it because there are going to be times when it's not so it's hard. And that love will take just like any it's a relationship, really, any relationship you have going to have rough times. Sometimes you're going to have a fight, whatever, and you're going to make up. And but anyway, you you have that commitment to it because you love it so deeply. Um, and there was something else I, I, I wrote there. Oh, well, there's something that actually Kim has really brought up with the students. And, and this came from a discussion we had with. Uh, David Tronzo, Professor David Tronzo, is about who's your favorite guitarist, and the answer is me. And and understanding that in not in an arrogant way, because if you are not your favorite musician, um, you're not going to take care of yourself in that way. In terms of, and I mean, you know, of course, I mean like getting enough sleep and eating well and drinking excellent coffee, drinking lots of water, but making time to work on your guitar playing, making time to connect with other guitar players, making time to book gigs and have a develop your business skills so that you can continue doing that. Like all that you have to be in, and I say it's selfish, but not in a negative way of being selfish, mm-hmm. right? It's not being uh, unkind mm-hmm. to others in a selfish way. It's just really looking out for your craft in that way. So I think that's really, really um, great, you know, like this little part of the conversation. And the only other thing I want to say about that is the reading thing. And also, you, I think, Danny, you brought that up about reading and, and being using our ears is such a big part of it. But being a professional musician, being able to work in a lot of situations and um, also communicate with other musicians who, you know, mm-hmm. beyond the guitar, beyond tablature or something like that. We have to, we can, I can't remember if it was Yvonne or you were talking about going to a rehearsal and with all these people that could read <laughs> and just feeling, oh, I got dusted on that. Well, just that's so immediate if you develop that skill. So I don't know, you, we can continue on, on, on any of those topics there, but I really love that you brought all of those things up. Uh, I, I can say that I'm 100 uh, percent, you know, agree with with everything. With, and, and I think that this amazing the thing of the my favorite player, it's me. But from the you know, uh, being humble, being humble is only like I try to enjoy as much as possible my my playing and my my compositions, my ideas, my melodies without thinking that the others play worse than I'm better or something. No, it's like I this me first. Right. So so I I, I love it too. I sometimes I, I say to the students, uh, did you try to play like one you know, like one hour or two hour only you know, without drawn with with one chord, a minor chord then you know, playing some notes and enjoying 
only one note, like listening, play the nine, and listen how it how, how, how the note resonates with the chord, and trying to find your favorite notes. Go to the eleventh. Uh, maybe you love the eleventh. Maybe not. Maybe it's my favorite note of the minor chord. Maybe it's not yours. So you're building your your personality as a as an artist doing this mm -hmm. kind of process and and this, this is a beautiful process that had to be like optimistic you can practice you can't practice thinking like oh i'm not playing good oh look this sound oh, <laughs> oh my big i'm not sure of the amplifier what happens i need a new guitar i'm going to buy a new pedal <laughs> no it's like you need to love what you're listening Let's try to sing at the same time that you're playing the note try to be part of the thing so, oh, yeah, I agree yeah. 100. I agree 100. Yeah. Um, fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you all because this is, this is really, really great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, it's like, oh, it's like some, sometimes I, I tell my students, you know, uh, my life changed when I discovered the first inversion and they, <laughs> they just laugh at me, but it's true, you know, and when you, and when, and when you listen to, to, to that sauce for chord with, you know, with a hybrid, it's like, wow. But that that you know, and 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 I totally be what you were 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 mentioning, uh, Cheryl about you know, it's not about an ego thing, you know, ego is something else. Yeah, we mm -hmm. we 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 need to be our favorites, you know, because we always, as musicians. We keep torturing ourselves like crazy, you know. I play like, you know, I'm not a good player. I my sound is like boo, whatever. So and that's that. Every time we we think that way, you know, the darkness comes. So we have to really, really, you know, focus on different, different, different things. And I think when we if we transmit this to our students, like. You know, believe in yourself. You mm -hmm. are, as, as Ivan mentioned before, you know, you are the best guitar player. You are your favorite one because you, how many hours do we spend listening to other stuff, you know, not as much as we, we, we hear ourselves, you know, it will practice so many hours, you know, it's like ourselves is, we even get bored, like, oh, okay, again and again. But I think that's so important, you know, yeah, so it's again about care and love. It's, you know, we end yeah, up and, and going really, to the same place. It's a really long-term relationship. It's probably the deepest and most important Absolutely. and mm -hmm. long-term relationship you have from you think of when you were a kid to, I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, I came from a family of, of they were uh, church organists, three generations. And my grandmother mm -hmm. played and gigged, not just played, but gigged until she was 92. <laughs> wow. And the only reason why she couldn't wow. gig anymore, because she got, she couldn't get up to up onto the bench, but that, you know, uh, that was, and she started playing as a young child. So that was the, the longest relationship, you know, and we're, and when you are going to enter into, I'm going to have my life in this, um, Welcome to the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, and yes. part of that leadership element of being your own favorite musician is that you have to be honest with yourself. But as you guys are saying, not in a judgmental way, in an assessment way. So here are the things I'm working on that are weak. Here are the things that are strong. And here's what I can demonstrate at the drop of a hat. So if you call me and you say, can you be on this gig? And can you play incredibly beautifully? And confidently, 
this material, I can say yes. Or I can say, you know, I can't do that tomorrow. And I have this person who I can recommend that I know that I that can do that. I can do that in a month. You know what I mean? Like you get a good assessment. And that's part of this too. So then you go home and you say, you know, I missed out on that gig because my reading wasn't up to where I wanted it to be to be confident. So now guess what I'm going to work on this month. And that's taking ownership and doing your own thing. As Danny was saying, and you're practicing, that's what that means. It doesn't just mean do whatever you feel. It means like do what's required to take good care of yourself as a musician so that you can be honest and confident and play beautifully. Um, I also want to say to Danny that, to my students who are listening to this, we just talked about sus four chords and hybrids in our class on Monday. So it's everywhere, everyone. <laughs> Those are the good ones. Yes. <laughs> the beautiful yes. sound in Boston or Valencia. Um, yes. So, okay, Danny, I want to ask you this. So you guys are just talking about you're getting everybody together. You want them to play. Um, but for a lot of our students, like one of the things they ask when they come in is like, who's going to be there? Um, what will it be like? And so we know, Cheryl and Ben and I know how supportive you are and um, how you really kind of curate these entry experiences so that people can feel comfortable and then kind of take that and run with it. Um, what advice do you have for students who are coming who feel comfortable in this environment or comfortable in their home environment if they're coming first year abroad? Um, what advice do you have for them when they get to Valencia? Like, to, to, to like take that kind of courageous step to go to a jam session or to ask you about playing opportunities or to even come to their first lesson with you when they don't know you yet. What do you advise them to do? I have the answer. <laughs> I have the answer. They only need to ask to faculty because we play a lot. We mm -hmm. play a lot in the city. So the best, for instance, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to say one in La Viti in Valencia, Mariano Steinberg, uh, which, which is teaching drums in Berkeley, Valencia, plays every Monday. So the best thing that you can do is to, to go to a jam session with a fac with faculty being hosting the session. So you are safe. There's no problem. You know, you, you are going to enjoy it. Nobody is going to. I mean, Valencia is super cool. People is super nice. Seriously, even if it's my city, I, I, I have to say it. But, you know, people is super nice. They are waiting for new musicians. But also, uh, every time that I play, I send an email wherever saying, OK, I'm going to play in that place. or I'm going to open this session. So come by and, and enjoy it. Maybe mm -hmm. if you want, bring your, your instrument if, or, or maybe First, first day only you can go to, to enjoy the music and, and see, you know, how it feels. And maybe the next week you can go and play. So I think that this is best of the pieces is talk to faculty. Yeah. What do you yeah. think, Danny? I totally agree. I, we try to, to create a very welcoming environment and, and at, at the same time, very challenging one, you know, like uh, it is true that we don't have so many students. So the, the, the feeling is not uh, that competitive because, you know, it's not, it's not like when you go to somewhere that is full of guitar players, you know, and everybody's like, oh, my God. So, uh, but but what Ivan said is totally right. You know, the best opportunity that they have here is 
go outside and play yes and we always share our experiences uh ivan was uh was playing in the palo of the arts uh, uh some some time ago with with sole which was a very famous artist i was also playing with seraphim to with the full orchestra we share our experiences you know and 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 and, and they we want them to see us you know as 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 a helping guide Yes, yes, and and and, and, and like like uh, like you know, we, we try to show them them the tools, the tools to to play, you know, and 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 find opportunities. Some of them are are young, you know, and they are still like maybe it's the first time that they come to Europe. Maybe mm -hmm. it's the first time they they just leave home, and it's hard for them. And and I I had some students who have been struggling with you know homesick problems and and in class and you know we try to really address the situation uh, uh, you know the best we can but uh, but it is true that uh, that when when they arrive is like a new world you know so we have to be very we are very welcoming and and everything's cool and and then as soon as they're ready we we offer them the possibility to play outside which is cool so cheryl before we hand it over to ben do you have uh, any other thoughts you want to share no i really i think this has been a great conversation and a great way to connect with uh with you guys in our uh shared love of our playing and yes. <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah dealing with uh how do we dig in, dig deep, and and work hard? It's really great. Yes, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So now, absolutely. Are you ready? So Ben has a question that um, he asks everyone on the podcast. So Ben, you can direct it to both and and let them know which one should answer first. So go ahead. Okay. Sure. So I'll ask it, and you know, Danny, if you want to answer first, then uh, Yvonne can can wrap it up. Um, and uh, so this is a question that we always ask everyone, what is something that the students, that you think the students should be asking that they aren't thinking of asking themselves? Why am I a musician? Because if they, if they, if they find an answer, that's amazing. That would be my thing. Wow, Danny. Okay, that's, that, that was amazing. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that question. Oh my God, that's a big, a okay, big question. Okay, a big wow. Question. Uh, I need to copy you. I need to copy you. It's like, <clears throat> are you sure that you... <laughs> Do you want to spend all of your energy and love and passion for the music in order to enjoy this amazing life? You know, it's, it's like we, we need to put all of our effort in, in the music. So we need to be sure that we want to do it. I mean, the answer is always yes. So we think so, yeah. I love that question. Um, I love both of those answers because I think it goes back to I, that thing that Danny brought up by what is really ownership of something, you know, of doing your own thing as ownership of all of the rights and responsibilities, really, of being a musician, you know, 
And is this really what you want to do? And and so if it is, why not devote everything necessary to make it beautiful and successful? Um, even when things are hard or, or, you know, when you're in school and you don't necessarily see the value that will come from learning theory or ear training or some of these other subjects. And then later you'll say, you know, I'm really glad I took that liberal arts class because it helped me organize my thoughts in a certain way. And now it really helped me read these contracts or, you know, you could, there's so many things that come of experiences. Um, I was telling a student the other day, you know, when I was an undergrad, the guitarist had this big movement. We didn't want to take choir anymore. <laughs> and and we asked to not take choir. And the dean at the time said, he said, no, you have to take choir. And in five years, I guarantee you're going to write me a thank you note that I made you say. And I totally wrote the note because I thought, oh, I know what I learned from doing that now. You know what I mean? I know what I learned about voice leading and using my ear and arranging and just having a sense of other music for other instruments. And, you know, now I can't believe at my age now that I ever would have thought that wasn't important. And so I think sometimes those reactions come from a fear that you won't have enough time to do something you care about instead of realizing that everything that you're asked to do is a part of getting better at what you care about. So that's really beautiful. That's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben, what else is on your mind? Well, I think just going back to the conversation of kind of essentially having the, the instrument be, be a relationship, you know, in your life. And then, and uh, I think it kind of goes back to the conversation you and I were having earlier this week, Kim, where I think so many of us, uh, you know, when we first start out playing, it ends up becoming an escape. It ends up becoming, you know, something that's kind of, uh, you know, more of a comforting aspect of life and and when you make the choice to dive in and, and make make that your career you have to learn that you have to be able to separate the instrument as you know a comfort as an escape from mm -hmm. right, this is also a craft it's a job too that i have to do and it, it, it you know it's okay to still have both of those sides of, of of the instrument but it's just having the awareness that you know oh, i had a long day i'm just gonna you know play a little bit mindlessly, you know, and then just kind of as an escape. But then at the same time, being able to every day say, all right, I need to work on, you know, these arpeggios or, you know, I have, I have a gig coming up. I have to learn these songs for and being able to sit down and treat it as a craft rather than you know, just as what I, th I think is what's kind of ingrained in a lot of like myself included, you know, cause we, when you start off the instrument that way, it can be difficult to kind of have that awareness to, break it off you know to, to as a craft and it's just kind of knowing when you can do which which application of it mm. I, I think that is you know i i agree 100 uh, danny said something super interesting uh, i i don't do meditation i don't know how to do it <laughs> but i always thought that uh, practicing practicing for me is kind of a meditation state i try to affront uh, this situation yes. of learning something new uh as relaxed as possible and i love to think that i'm meditating you know that i'm taking my time i want to go into the, the study so so it's it's obviously it's completely different to play music as a hobby 
without, you know, I play only what what I want when I want. I don't have any, you know, any need of practicing uh, in the morning because I have a gig in the afternoon. And if I'm tired, I don't play and that's it. I don't practice, I don't practice and that's it. But because it's so important to understand that it's a craft and completely, you know, I agree 100. Uh, we need to, to learn to practice and to to be better and, and to improve as a musicians in a relaxed way, in a positive way, enjoying the process, listening to yourself, thinking that, that this is a, a beautiful thing, that you are going to play in the next concert probably better than in the last one. And if not, the next one will be better. And the next morning you will be better. It's completely sure. You know, everybody, if you work, you, you improve. So, yeah, yeah, even if it's hard to, you know, to push yourself sometimes and, and practice the most of the harmonic major, <laughs> for instance, <Yeah. laughs> uh, it is completely true that if you enjoy this process, it's, yeah. it's a joy. I, I love to practice. I love to practice. For me, it's one of the best moments of the day. I can say it. I, I think that's amazing, Ivan. Yes, and Ben, your thing, the the the, the thing that you said is 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 great. And I want to say something. I I sometimes try to uh, go back to my uh, childhood when I uh, could listen to music without analyzing, <clears throat> just enjoying the beauty of the music. Now, being a professional musician is like, okay, oh, sharp nine, <laughs> oh, altered chord, oh, whatever. So, you know, it's, it's, it's also good to separate this thing. And you were talking about the craft, you know. It's good sometimes to just go back to this moment that we could listen to music without thinking. Because, mm -hmm. you, you know, this is what we do now. We, we analyze, I mean, I, that's what I do. I hear things and I go, oh, what is it? Oh my God, tattoo, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, so I'm, I'm always like that, you know? So <laughs> just going back to that moment on the coach, you know, whatever with your, with, with the Walkman, you know, even, even before that I started transcribing things, you know, just, just listen to music and go, oh my God, you know, I want to be a musician. So in, in that in that precise moment, but uh, it is true. When as soon as we become professionals, you know, we are we we have to really, you know, it's not only having fun practicing, which is fantastic. It's also preparing a repertoire for you know the next gig that I have with this cool singer or whoever. That you know it's tough, and I have to work, and and maybe it's not that you know it's not that well paid but I have to do it because blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. I think one thing that's really cool about where we all are and the Berkeley guitar community and the Berkeley community is like, sometimes for me, listening to something that's totally different than what I play kind of gives me that experience that you're talking about, Danny. Like, I could go listen to K-pop or hip-hop or funk or something like totally different and just like listen to it as not a practitioner of that 
exactly I think like oh what are all the really cool creative things like maybe i'll hear rhythm differently and i'll be like hey that feel what if i could have that feel when i play an ostinato or you know what i mean or those lines or look at those lines or like listen to brass players play line like go over to the brass department or the wind department and and be like listen to the saxophone players or the flute players and and then just come back and then you know anything that keeps you the way you've both been talking about that balance between art and inspiration and then and then work um and then also the community aspect like get out and go play with other people and take that plunge and um mm. and you know visit another country and visit cities in that country and and go out and hear music there and see what it's all like um it's a really cool thing we're so lucky to be connected this way um in a supportive environment yeah because people can also go to valencia and they're not going by themselves they're mm -hmm. going and they're getting off the plane and getting in the car and coming to valencia and then you guys are there and so you're not on your own um but you're also not held in you know so i thank you for for all you're doing to, to support everybody as as uh, it's a lot of energy to take care of all the nervousness that we all have when we come to visit you and you receive us <laughs> you always receive us so beautifully <laughs> you know truly a pleasure it's truly a pleasure yeah, yeah. absolutely yes we, we are honored you know mm -hmm. to be part yeah. of this yeah so. so are we we're very lucky uh all of us so everyone listening we are going to hang out some more um and we're so glad that you tuned in um so thank you danny thank you Ivan, thank you ben thank you cheryl and um ben and cheryl and i will be with you on the next coffee talk